All right. My guest today on the A-Game podcast is Mr. Matt Andrews. Matt is a great guy. If you look him up, you'll see he does all kinds of amazing things for charities, for bringing people together. You'll see just from the interview, you'll, he's just such a likable guy. He does so many great things. Follow his social media. He's always putting people together for good causes. He really just exudes and breeds positivity and collaboration. And you could tell that he just has a great energy. And it's addictive. He was great to talk to. I could have talked to the guy for a lot longer, and I look forward to having more conversations with him and attending his events in the future and definitely having him on the podcast again and following his journey along the way. So check him out. Check his podcast out. Check his social media out. You will see all the links for that in the show notes to this show. So follow on Matt Andrews and let me know what you think. Also, as usual, this podcast is brought to you in part by Nationwide Business Capital Group. So go on nicknicknick.com slash affiliates and click on there if you need funding for your real estate deals, whether you are beginner, advanced, experienced, new, you're looking for fix and flips, HELOCs, creative financing, multifamily, bridge loans, hard money, whatever it is, Mariana Nationwide Business Capital, if you are new, they can talk you through the process and find out exactly what you need to do to get approved for your first deal. And if you are experienced, she will give you some of the most creative deals you can find out there and some of the most competitive rates and terms. So they get it done. Tell them the A-Game Podcast sent you. And definitely while you guys are there, on nicknicknick.com slash links, all the ways to subscribe to this show on all platforms and find me on all social media. Please subscribe to this show. It means, it means a lot to us. It's a big deal. It goes a long way. And please connect with me on all social media. And more importantly, if you're looking to get into real estate, write to me. Write to me on any of the social media platforms. Email me on podcast at nicknicknick.com and tell me you want to get into some real estate, whether it's your first deal, your hundredth deal, if you want to buy properties from me, if you want to sell properties to me, if you want to partner up on deals, reach out. Let's start that conversation. Myself and or my assistant Peggy will start the ball, get this rolling and figure out how to get you into your first deal. Nobody has ever upset that they started. They always wish they started sooner. So let's start that today. And last but certainly not least, go on nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets for your free checklist on how to bring more value to your buyers, whether you're a real estate wholesaler, a real estate broker or agent. Follow along, check that out, get your free checklist. Don't miss out and use that to bring yourself some more legitimacy and help you lock in some more clients. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I Matt Andrews, thank you so much. You were stuff for coming on. Great guy. Legit as they come, I really appreciate everything he does, everything he's about, and I look forward to more interactions with him. Spread the word. Follow Matt Andrews. Go to the show notes. Subscribe to the Eight Game Podcast. Have a great day. Have a great Monday. Hope everybody's week starts off amazing. Thank you very much. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands, people that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is an inventor, philanthropist, entrepreneur. He's the founder of the REI Family Reunion. He has been investing since 1999. He has flipped over 1,000 and wholesaled over 1,000 different properties and has sold portfolios into bunches of up to 75 properties in one shot. 
to one investor. He has come up with education companies in real estate. He helps investors with publishing. He is a model American, a proud father, and a master in connection and collaboration, connecting win-win situations for entrepreneurs, regardless of what you're doing. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast, Matt Andrews. Yeah, man, <laughs> dude, I'm bringing you with me everywhere, Nick. That was the best introduction. I've ever got man. That, that, that is amazing. So, so there's one thing I've got to correct. And it's, it's actually, I love it. You called, I think in my bio, it says I'm an investor. And I think you called me an inventor. That's the first time <laughs> I've ever been called an inventor. Like nobody has ever accused me of like, you know, inventing the light bulb or anything like that. I'm usually the guy who champions the guy who invents the light bulb. Right. There so, you go. so I appreciate being called an inventor. I, I've not invented anything that I can point at and say <laughs> is a worthy invention, but thank you. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I usually like, I have bullet points for everything else and you, you just flow, but the, the intros are the only things I have exact things on. And I almost always mess something up. Like sometimes I'll have actors on and I'll literally say the wrong movie. And they're like, well, I didn't make that. And I'm like, one word. It was one word off. You ruined the whole thing. Oh, I could just hear my. I could hear my wife watching this podcast later and saying, "Oh, so you're an inventor now, Matt? What did you invent?" <laughs> you know, like I could hear her saying it. So I had to say something. But no, I like I, it, man. I, I'm so happy to be here. I'm a big fan of what you're doing with the A Game Podcast, man. And I see you out there. I see all the great guests. I see the community that you built. And uh, so it's an honor to be here, dude. Thanks for having me. Likewise, man. I appreciate you coming on. We know a lot of the same people and they all say such great stuff about you. I was actually texting with Dave Seymour yesterday. I was listening to you on his podcast. It was great stuff, man. Yeah, so I appreciate man. it. You're, you're a man of many talents. Um, Just for people who don't know, if you can give like a quick 30,000 foot snapshot of kind of who you are and where you came from, and then we can dig deep into some stuff because I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, quick snapshot on me. Uh, professionally, I started in real estate as a house flipper in 1999, flipped a bunch of houses from 99 to about 2008 when the market dropped out and that's when my business really grew in a big way we started selling to a lot of investors overseas started placing a lot of investment capital from all over the world uh, at the time in florida where i was really based and where the market was so hot um, and so put away a lot of rentals at that time that business grew into uh, an accompanying education business and a publishing company and then we moved into where i really spend a lot of time now and that's mastermind groups in the world of real estate entrepreneurs. So I probably, you know, I still do real estate deals. I still hold properties in multiple states. I still like to, to put those kinds of uh, deals together and make that happen. I'm still an investor at heart, but I think a lot of what I do is creating collaboration between a lot of my friends, a lot of my partners and creating win-wins with people in my mastermind groups, in my sphere of influence. And, and that extends from real estate deals to you name it, charity to any, anything you can imagine. And that's, that's why you see me out there doing a lot of different things with a lot of different people. It is cool. I, I, I watch you, you, you kind of pop up in different segments and different groups with different people. And it's really awesome to see because I think, again, the intention you put out there and the energy you put out there, I mean, obviously this is Zoom and I can just already feel like how easy it is to talk to you and what good energy you have. So that stuff I feel like translates. And like Matt Sarah always tells me, water finds its own level. And I feel like the more you're doing that stuff and putting yourself out there, the more it's attracting that. But I do know also on the flip side of it, it comes with momentum. And when people first start doing that, like this podcast, when I first put it out, I was like, "Who? I'm, I'm talking and I'm like, who the hell is going to listen to this? Like nobody's going to, you know, you start to say those things and then you see your face on social media. So when you first started going out and doing that, did you have fears and insecurities for people who like, obviously it's such an important part of business now, regardless of what you're doing, but people are insecure and nervous with putting themselves out there on social media because of anything internally that's making them nervous or putting, you know, self, self, self-preservation, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? But how did you get past that? Or did you deal with that at all? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I think everybody deals with it. Right. Because how do you present yourself, whether it's on social media or whether it's on a physical stage with people in the room or a, or a podcast like this, like, how are you coming across? How are you communicating? Is it connecting with people? Um, I'll, I'll tell you this. Here's my short answer. I I'm a pretty natural connector. Right. And so I've found my good space is when I am sharing things that I really care about, that I really like, and I'm excited about, and I'm sharing those things with excitement to other people um, for no, for no uh, ulterior motive or other purpose other than I'm excited about this and I'm sharing it with you, right? That's when I'm in my best space. Now, finding that and finding that comfort was a process. And the only times I ever didn't feel like I was connecting with people or I felt like I maybe you know, spoke at a, a real estate investor conference and fell flat or whatever is when I tried to pretend to be something that I wasn't, right? And I don't mean misrepresenting myself. Some people do that, but I just mean working with a style that wasn't really authentically me because I thought that's what I was supposed to do, you know, positioning myself a certain way because I thought that's what was expected of me instead of just being Matt and being who I was and showing that I'm comfortable with who I am. I'm getting better all the time but I'm comfortable and I'm excited about these things and I'm sharing them with you, you know? So, so when I, when I thought I had to be something I wasn't, or I tried to be something different, that's when it didn't work. Right. So my advice to anybody in finding, whether it's social media or any other platform, any other stage is find the things that you are truly passionate about the things that you like. That's what you're doing with the a game, right? With this podcast, you're bringing on the guest and talking about the things that you like. Right. And so you're excited about them, Nick, because you like these things. Now, what happens because of that, you're, you're finding and identifying and growing a community of other people that like those things and get benefits from those things too. But you're doing that because you're authentic, because you're excited about it, right? So that's my advice is find out what you're really excited about. Don't be what you think you've got to be. Be yourself. That will come across. And whether that's an audience of 10 or an audience of 10 million, it really doesn't matter if you are really connecting there because it will, it will open up opportunities it will start conversations and it will make things happen in your world. Such a great answer. And as you're saying that, you made me realize sometimes like when we first um, started talking and I was like, man, like I know we haven't physically met, but I feel like I know you. And I have to believe that that becomes a result of the intention of the brand that you put out there. So again, I think the more you are true to yourself, that's why people say things like, I feel like I know you already because you're not putting all these different faces and all these different things out there to try and attract everybody. You're putting out stuff going, this is who I am. This is what I do. And like we were saying, water, water attracts itself. So people are going, all right. And even back to your handle, just the, Hey, Matt Andrews, the casualness of whenever your feeds pop up and you're doing all this amazing stuff. But I feel like it, it sums it up as just, I'm a regular guy. Look what I'm doing. It's like, Oh, Hey, Matt Andrews. Like even <laughs> the tag. Hey, Matt, Andrew, hey Matt Andrews is in my feed. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's true. You know, and I, and I do, you know, my, my, I don't do a ton of social media marketing, right? I really just show the things I'm excited about. So sometimes that's an event that I've got coming up. Sometimes that's a stage I'm speaking on. Sometimes that's jet skiing, you know, like I was this past weekend, or a lot of times for me, I mean, you'll see it scrolling through my Facebook or my Instagram. I mean, it's probably 95% pictures of me and my kids and me and my wife, you know, like I just, I love spending time with them. And those are my real people. I do everything else I do to spend more time and optimize more quality time with them. Right. So that's what a lot of my stuff is. And to me, you know, is that marketing in a way it is because what I, what I'm saying is, is, you know, I'm working really hard to prioritize these people and these, this is the thing that I'm most excited about. And yeah, we've got this great event coming up and yeah, I'm super excited about being on the stage. 
I'm most excited about Penelope starting second grade, you know, <laughs> and, and Tucker going into pre-K and stuff like that. Like to me, that's like a whole, that's a whole adventure. And I'm totally, I'm deep in it right now with them. Right. I love it. So, so you're going to see a lot of that, you know? And so it's, it's, it can be seen as lifestyle marketing too. And, and showing that I've got some of that freedom and ability to prioritize those relationships. Uh, but really it's just me showing you what I'm excited about, showing you what I like. <laughs> I love that, man. Now it's back to, to collaboration and to masterminds and things like that. It's interesting because uh, your name has popped up when I've talked to other guys that were in Investor Fuse and some other places that you've been in part of those. And one of the things that they always say is every time I'm sitting there and I'm hearing what they're doing and they're telling me I did this many deals or I have this many leads and man, this is so impressive. It almost always comes back to, hey, if you really want to be impressed, you should go see when I walk into this mastermind and I'm by far the dumbest guy in the room. And then you leave there and you wind up seeing all the potential. And like you said, hey, I'm looking to do this. This guy got up and talked about texting. I'm, I'm, I'm sure on my texting, I'm going to collaborate with him. I'm going to mix up with him. How did you initially get interested or introduced to things like masterminds and seeing the power of collaboration? I definitely want to take that through the journey for where you are now because you're one of the biggest. Even today, I saw a picture of you this morning with Frank McKinney and Vanilla Ice. Like, yeah, right after yeah. you're posting pictures of your kids and stuff like that. So you definitely have mastered the art. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how that journey started and what attracted you to it. Yeah, that's a great question, man. So, you know, early in my real estate career, when I was flipping houses and I was managing construction crews and I was out, I, I used to go, Nick, I used to go to Home Depot 8,000 times a day. That's how many times per day I would go to Home Depot. That's what it felt like in my mind, right? Like I, I was just running all the time, buying materials, running, you know, and I was running the numbers and I was running, you know, like making sure I had all the, all everything optimized on the business side of it. Right. But what I missed early on was the people part of it. Right. The people, you know, managing people, building, and really what it is, is building relationships. Cause you know, whether you're managing employees, whether you're working with business partners, whether you're, you know, uh, in a marriage or whatever it is, right. You are building relationships. You're building, you're building equity all the time. In, in a relationship, if you're doing it right. Um, I wasn't good at that at the beginning, right? So once I learned and had, you know, some people quit and had construction managers that I had a hard time dealing with, I realized, man, I've got to get really good at the people part of this. I've got to get good at collaborating. I've got to get good at creating win-wins, even if I'm in a employer-employee scenario or a third-party vendor, which a lot of these contractors I would use were, you know, they were their own company, right? It was a negotiation working with a lot of these guys. I had to make it a win-win and, and learn that there's a person behind that, not just a, a number and not just a bid, right? And so when I figured that out, my business really grew because I started investing in the right people. I started investing in relationships, you know? And so I think that was, that was what I missed in the beginning. And that, that when I realized that and I made that shift, and everything started working at a far higher level and business started growing and I started making higher level relationships. I realized this is where it's all at. It's all people. It's all relationships. I can hire anything else. I can, you know, there's a spreadsheet for everything else. There's a calculator for everything else. But, yeah. if, I, but if I concentrate on this piece, the, what's going on in this communication between me and this person or me and these people or whatever it is, if I concentrate on building relationships, that's where it's at. So that took me to eventually running mastermind groups. And, you know, I had small groups of friends and we would get together. I call them like, you know, co-ops or kind of, you know, uh, inner circle meetings or think tanks or whatever, you know, where I'd have five or 10 people in a room and we would share a lot of our ideas around real estate investing, kind of share some trade secrets, you know, 
And I did that early on, just kind of informally. Um, but in that real estate world, my buddy, Jason Medley started a group called Collective Genius, which is an amazing group, right? That was one of the first true masterminds that I saw operating at a, at a really high level um, as a business and, and as an entity of itself. And so, you know, watching him do that and seeing how he got those investors collaborating and, and sharing with each other, that was huge too. And now I see, you know, a, a lot of groups. I was part of War Room um, and to this day still visit War Room a lot. That's Ryan Dice and Perry Belcher and Roland Frazier, the digital marketer guys. And so that that's kind of my digital marketing mastermind mm -hmm. that I that I keep in touch with. But every group like that opens me up to a new knowledge base, opens me up to new opportunities. And I can I can look back over the last probably 10 years, especially, and say a lot of the big leaps I made in real estate, in acquiring other businesses, in in the charity uh, work that we've done across the world. It's been because of relationships that I've made through through communities and communities like that. So a few years back, I really leaned into creating those communities and creating some, you know, some of those really tight groups that could work together. And one of the groups you see this T-shirt here, this is the Family Mastermind. And that's my group of real estate entrepreneurs. We've got about 100 businesses in that group. And the focus is finding ways to work together, finding win-wins, finding what I call low-hanging fruit to collaborate, to white label each other's stuff, to co-promote, uh, to start new businesses, to merge businesses. And all that happens within that group. And that's my sweet spot because a long time ago, after stumbling a lot and after goofing up a lot of house projects, I realized it's a people business. It's all going on up here. I've got to get in the heads of the other people. I've got to let them know what I'm thinking. I've got to figure out what they're thinking. I've got to know what their motivation is. I've got to find a win here with this person to make this house deal work. And then we just did it with other kinds of deals and other kinds of businesses. And now that's what I do full-time. Full-time, I hang out with people that I love and look at opportunities. Some we take advantage of, some we don't, but that's where I live now. And it all comes back to the relationship piece. Man, that's such great info. I love that answer. Yeah, what, do man, you, what do you do to, so like, for instance, one of the things I'm learning as I, you know, you scale up, you get a little bit more confidence and I start to go, okay, well, maybe I'll ask this person to be on my show. And then they say, yes. And you're like, oh crap, what you know, you get all nervous about it, but they yeah. have to talk to them and like, they text you and you realize, man, people are just people. And I learned that early on too, when I like, I met my first millionaire and I was like, oh, he's not 10 feet tall and has like some like wings and something crazy. He's just a normal person who figured out. And the more, like you said, you start to really just focus in on, this is just a person. Let me just be a person with them. Absolutely. That's when things start to really, really go and contribute. And I found like within circles, like jujitsu and things like that, you can just tell like quick, if this is going to be somebody you relate with or not, but you leave there sometimes. Like one of my buddies said, like teach, teach everything, learn nothing. So when you're going to all these different masterminds, you're meeting all these people, how are you following up and nurturing those relationships? Because sometimes like you're walking out of that room and every time somebody in Collective Genius gets up for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, you leave there like, well, which one do I talk to? I want to implement everything I just learned. And, and the, the overwhelming trying to focus on something winds up in almost doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And follow up is everything, right? So so two, two things, two, two answers to that question, because I do two things when I go into an event like that, whether it's an event that I'm leading or, but especially if it's an event I'm speaking at or just participating in as a member of that group, I go into that group by doing a little bit of research. If I've never been there before, I want to talk to whoever's leading it. I want to get as much info as I can um, about who's in the room, how many people, what kind of people are there, right? And then I want to set goals for that particular event. So if I know 
Um, we'll just say, you know, uh, I was at invest, you were talking about investor fuel earlier, right? Um, so I was at investor fuel as a speaker just a few months ago or a couple months ago. And I knew Trevor mock was going to be there. He was, he was, uh, uh, the co uh, headliner with me. Right. And Trevor's a good friend. I don't get to hang out with him near enough. Right. And I, and there were some specific things that I wanted to kind of run by him, get his take on. And then I wanted to see if I could help him with anything. That was a specific goal that I had was make sure while I'm there to connect and get some time with Trevor, you know, so I was texting him before kind of making sure I knew when he was there. So I knew when we could, you know, jump out and, you know, get half hour and, and discuss some of this stuff. Right. So simple things like that, but a connection goal, somebody I knew I wanted to get with. And I had another couple of people on that list that I knew were going to be in that room. Um, one, one that I had uh, never met kind of like you that I knew from online, but I knew it was going to be in the room. So I wanted to meet him face to face. Right. And so I met him and his wife there face to face and made a great connection there. So number one, I, I make connection goals and specific goals with those connections. If there's something I want to talk to them about. And then the second thing is the follow-up piece. I treat relationships like leads. Right. And, and I don't mean that in a cold or business-like way. I mean that in the way that leads are the lifeblood of a business, right? Leads are the lifeblood of our life too, right? Leads are the lifeblood of our relationship building and our relationship equity building. So when I meet somebody new and I think, man, this is, this is somebody who brings value to me, somebody that, that I would like to you know, develop a relationship more. We've connected here. I want to nurture this. I'd like to empower this relationship. When I find somebody like that, I treat them like a lead. And what I mean is I, I don't want to forget about them. Right. I don't want to just like write their name down on a sheet of paper in a notebook and then not look at it again for a year or something like that. So I actually have an intake process and I'm, I'm refining this and I might actually even like, you know, put this out at some point as a system or something just to share, you know, give it away to my mastermind members. But we have an intake process and I have a CRM and, you know, I'm currently using right now FreedomSoft, which is a real estate CRM. It's owned by a buddy of mine, Rob Swanson, who's also a family mastermind member, right? Good, good buddy. And you can tailor this software to, for anything really, right? So it's made for motivated seller leads coming in so that you can buy houses and, and buyer leads so you can sell them houses. I've used it for incoming contacts, right? So, you know, if I met you, Nick, at, at an event, if I met you at Investor Fuel, boom, you go into my, my uh, you know, contacts there, I've got a process no matter what it is, whether I'm taking a picture of your card, whether I've written it down and I take a picture of that, it goes straight to my people. It gets input as a new contact. With it, I've given them a voice note or some kind of note that, that says you met him at Investor Fuel. You want to follow up about this because he's working in Idaho with these kinds of properties and you want to connect him with John because John's working on this. And now I've got that and I've got the date and I've got an alert to follow up on that in a week or whatever priority I put uh, by giving that a code when I send it to my people. And so I've got different codes. It's not as, it's not as intricate and as smart as it sounds, right? It's just <laughs> making, it's making sure I don't lose those connections and that there's a follow-up if I really wanted to continue growing that, right? But at the end of the day, it's, it's really about being purposeful. It's about having a plan for that, right? So I go in with the plan, who do I want to connect with? What do I want to accomplish with them? And then how am I going to follow up, whether it's a CRM or whether it is an automated follow-up that, that gets you on a call with them, whatever it is, have that follow-up in place. And if you plan it and schedule it out right, then you won't feel overwhelmed and you can bring in a lot of new contacts and develop relationships at, you know, sometimes at long, even paces over years, you know, but you'll remember, oh, I talked to Nick 
two years ago. I was on his podcast. We haven't talked since, but man, that was an awesome podcast. I loved it. Oh yeah, there's the link to that podcast. Oh man, I want to jump on a call with, you know, because I've got your contact information now and you're in there. And I remember what we did together, even if it was a long time ago, you know? And so now that I've got that system, it's going to become more and more valuable. And I've only been doing that for about a year with that much, uh, you know, regimen to it, you know, but I think that kind of thing is what we often don't, we put those processes in place for our business and for lead gen. We don't put those processes in place for relationships, right? And relationships feed everything else. It's what creates all the other stuff, but we don't have a process for that. So, so that's, that's what I think when I go into those events, who do I want to meet with? What are my pre goals? And then what's my follow-up plan? Dude, that is such gold. I always try and think of something I'm going to take from each episode, just like you're saying, like, what's going to be my takeaway? That is because one of my favorite quotes is how you do anything is how you do everything. And it's yeah. exactly like you're saying, you're trying to do all these things to keep your leads top of mind and to have all these processes for your business. So if that's my kind of go-to phrase, why am I not doing that in my personal life as well? Because it makes right. sense in both. So I think that that's outstanding. I never even thought of it like that. Yeah. And, and truth is, is, if we're not building relationship equity with our key relationships, whether that's the people closest to us, like our children, our husbands, our wives, our business partners, if we're not purposely growing those, they're going to, they're going to waste away, right? Those are going to weaken, you know, and we need to be building them before we need them, right? We need to build equity. It's kind of like you need money in your bank account before you need, before you need to spend all that money in your bank account, right? You need that cushion relationships are the same way. Think about them like bank accounts. Relationships are like bank accounts. You have to constantly be putting in deposits so that, so that you've got equity there, right? Because we are people, we are going to make mistakes, mess up. Things are going to happen in the world that, you know, situations change, right? Like we've seen the last couple of years has been crazy with all kinds of changes in our world and stuff, right? So things are going to happen. If you don't have a relationship equity built, uh, by the time you need it, it's too late to build it. Does that make sense? Makes so you've got to build that relationship equity before you need it. You've got to build that trust. You got to build that trustworthiness. You've got to show people your integrity and have those bonds before you ever need it, you know? And because then what happens is you work to build those relationships anytime something comes up or anytime that there is, uh, and it doesn't even have to be a mistake that, that you make or something. If you had a disagreement with somebody and somebody said, oh, Matt did this or did that or whatever, and said that to one or two of these people over here, these people over here know me. I've built, <laughs> I've built people, I've built relationship equity with them for a decade, right? They hear something like that about me and they're like, yeah, no, I know Matt. That's that he didn't do that, you know? And then they find out, nope, he sure didn't or whatever it was, you know? And, and so you build, that's a silly little example about somebody, you know, saying something that is true or not true or whatever, but that is why you build that equity so that when you need it, it's there and people understand who you are. They know you're a person of your word because you've worked to build that relationship. If you don't do that, man, and we saw it in the pandemic, if you don't have relationship equity, you are alone. You know, As a business owner, as a person, you're alone and alone is a bad place to be anytime, but especially in a crisis. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me 
whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. Gee, you know, you hit that on the head too, because with the pandemic and stuff, it was interesting for me to see people that would normally be looking at each other as competition, start to collaborate, like you're saying, and they would waive their mastermind fees for their once a week meeting. So everybody could really pull together and figure it out together of like, okay, we're going through this crazy thing in the market. None of us have been through this before. What's everybody doing? Let's all talk about it and let's invite people on to hear it. And during the 2007-8 you know, crash, I didn't have that. And you know, it was really scary feeling like you're alone. And I feel like that really said something about where people are as much as it's like these guys have competing courses or competing masterminds or they're working in the same market for the same deals. At the end of the day, when it mattered and it counted, they were there to help each other. And that's the kind of thing where I think since then, I've seen guys like Steve Trang and yourself and they wind up going, oh, there, there are things we can do together here. Let's build this. Let's tag team on this. Let's do that. So Steve, coming up Steve's to- a great so, collaborator. Yeah. yeah. And, and people that didn't have that network and, and aren't, weren't good collaborators, you saw them suffer over the last year or two years, right? Whereas the people who are good collaborators, who rally the troops, who build wins for communities, Steve Trang is one of those guys, right? He's one of my mastermind members and and, and a great dude. I, I listen to his podcast. I watch everything he does, right? Because he's awesome. He, he, he creates a lot of value, right? And create and has created, created a great community. He has thrived over the last couple of years because of his community building. So uh, it, it's not rocket science, right? It's not rocket <laughs> science. If you have people, if you've built community and you've got relationship equity and you've chosen the right people to have around you, you have a massive advantage over people that don't do that, that don't build that network, that aren't good at communicating and building a team around them. Uh, you can just, you can leapfrog them almost instantly. Um, and, and you can always, like I said, hire out expertise. You can always find someone to do a job that you don't know how to do, right? But developing relationships, that's the stuff that we need to be focusing on. That's the higher level stuff. And we don't do it for money, but the truth is, is that it brings all the financial rewards you could ever, you could ever possibly imagine as a byproduct of doing the right things by people and building the right relationships. I love that, man. So talking about your, your event that's coming up, uh, September, I believe in Florida. Yeah, we've got, yeah. So we have an event coming up in September and, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty specific event for real estate educators and marketers, right? So I know probably only a, a small portion of, of this audience is probably that, right? But if you are a, you know, a real estate educator or a speaker, uh, if you teach people how to invest in real estate, if you sell goods and services to the real estate investor crowd, that's kind of who this, who this uh, event is for, right? So it's a group of smart marketers. It's called the Family Reunion. Uh, we've got Vanilla Ice coming out. That was the ad you were talking about that you saw earlier. Uh, Vanilla Ice uh, has become a friend and uh, uh, Frank McKinney has become a really good friend. He's coming out as well. And if you guys don't know Frank McKinney, just look <laughs> up Frank, Frank McKinney real estate and just dig into that dude, man. He, he's just a treasure of, of all kinds of amazing things and value that he brings. But yeah, we're doing that event. That's going to be late September. Um, the, the website to that one is REI, like real estate investing, REI family reunion, 
www.thecoachmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmarketingmar
you know, my mastermind is a pretty small closed group and it's not for most people because it's a pretty specific niche, right? But I do a lot of other things, right? I, I, I am like not just in that box of real estate or education. We do, you know, I'm acquiring a lot of businesses. I've moved into tech over the last couple of years. My buddy, Kevin Harrington, you know, who's the, sure. the shark tank guy, you know, he's, he's opened my eyes to all different uh, types of businesses and, and strategies for acquisition of those businesses. And my buddy, Dave Falk and Trey Taylor, and a lot of these guys that are just these amazing business acquisitions guys, Nick Bradley is one of them. If you know him from, from uh, clubhouse and from, you know, he's got an amazing podcast. So these guys have me venturing out way beyond real estate. So here's what I really like contact me and find me on Facebook, right? Just look up Matt Andrews, look, find this bald head. You'll see <laughs> my beautiful wife and my two cute kids, right? Uh, find me on Facebook, shoot me, you know, friend me, shoot me a message, find me on Instagram. Hey, Matt Andrews is my handle. And just let me know the projects you're working on. Let me know the cool things you have going. Um, I'm always looking for ways to collaborate with people. I mo more than likely can connect you with somebody even more so than working directly with you. I could probably just be a connector, right? But I'm always looking for, cool things that people are doing, whether it's charity, whether it's business, uh, outreach, whatever it is. So, so reach out to me there, you know, and if, uh, if the mastermind's a fit, or if you fit into one of my worlds or communities, we'll have a chat we'll figure that out. We'll figure out kind of which, which direction we go there, but let me know what you're passionate about. Let me know what you're excited about. I love hearing that. And I read all of our messages eventually. So if I don't respond in, you know, a day or two, just realize we will get to it. And I'm answering myself. So if you if you hit me up, I will hit you back eventually. That's awesome. Yeah, you were really good about that too. And shout out to Trey Taylor because I know I had him on. He says great things about you. And I've I've Crazy shared multiple guy. stages with uh, Kevin Harrington. So he's been an inspiring guy as well. Yeah, no, Kevin's awesome. And and Trey, man, Trey's one of the smartest dudes I know. So he he is the man. Yeah, he's a good guy. On the on the technical side, you were talking about everything being timely and, and the right times and the right opportunities. And I feel like some of the things that were here, I was hearing you talk about really related to what I'm going through right now on the real estate side. So there's, there's properties that I bought a while ago that weren't amazing, sexy deals, but you held them for a long time and now they are. And I feel like that really put a retirement plan in place. And as I'm looking at more and more things and I'm watching guys walk around, the ones that are flipping and wholesaling, yes, they're making a lot of money today. Mm. But I'm also looking at it as, yeah, that's great. But what about the tomorrow money? And I look back to a quote you said about how chaos breeds opportunity. And when everybody was running away from real estate, I bought a couple of those properties that now the pandemic hits. If I really just needed to, I could sell them off and I'm okay for a few years. And that really ignited a flame in me over the last few months to say like, I want to rebuild more tomorrow money fast and then just put that on the side again. And one of the things that keeps coming up is buying things in creative financing and selling them on seller financing. And I've heard you recently on some other podcasts talking about how that strategy has been one of your best returns for your exit strategy. So I, I did want to hear a little bit about kind of what you're doing there as far yeah. as the seller financing terms, down payments, kind of what you're doing and how that all works out. Because I think it's a very interesting model. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, so I love the seller financing model. I, I love options and I love terms. And I don't mean options as a technical term. I mean, I mean, I like having multiple choices, right? Of things <laughs> to do with properties, right? So um, so yeah, what I do, and I'm certainly not the most technically inclined guy. I mean, you, you want to go to a guy like, you know, Pace Morby or somebody like that for, for real, like subject to an owner finance stuff, like, and get the real nitty gritty of, of what's working in all the different areas. But most of my stuff, I've done quite a bit in Florida right now. We're doing a lot in Michigan. And, um, what I do and what I find is I find a good, you know, what I call blue collar working neighborhood, 
um, you know, uh, not the lowest property, you know, from the from the pricing, you know, uh, bandwidth, not the lowest property on the on the totem pole, but not not a multi million dollar mansion, you know, something kind of you know a uh, step up from from uh, C, right? So probably C plus B minus type properties, right? But good properties that can be fixed up and 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 are in good upcoming neighborhoods. Um, so that's what I look for there. And then I find and we locate people that are just underneath the traditional qualifier for uh, financing, right? So they couldn't walk into Bank of America or Wachovia or whatever, Wells Fargo and say, give me a loan. They're just shy, maybe in some, in some cases, even 15 points shy or something like that of being able to qualify there. Um, so they, they're looking at options. They want to be able to buy something without going through the bank establish some credit and then be able to refi out of it or or get more favorable terms by going to the Wachovias or whatever later. So um, so that's what we do. We look for people that kind of fit that criteria that have good income, but maybe have a blemish on the credit. They're just underneath that that stamp of approval stage. And we know, hey, if they're in here, uh, we'll make good money on this property. We almost look at it like a rental. Um, they, they've got equity in the property. They will eventually get out of it. And it's a great deal for them, right? Um, and they'll be they'll eventually be able to build some credit over the course of a year, two years, three years, whatever we set them up on. And so we set up people for success. And I love that. Right. We're, we're giving them the ability to buy when they wouldn't have the ability to buy. We're, we're carefully vetting them, obviously, with, you know, income and everything else. You know, um, do they all work? No, just like tenants, you know, and not every tenant works out long term. Not every deal goes through like that, but most do because we set them up the right way. And I love it because it takes a property. Um, that would have made decent money and it lets you hold it for a little bit longer and lets you basically be the bank in a way, right? And lets you make even more money and create even more spread and create a win for that person that eventually, uh, you know, buys it or, or refis it out, right? So, uh, so I like it for all those reasons, man. And, and I think it's a great strategy. Bottom line, and, and you kind of referenced this, the reason why real estate has been so good to me is because I figured out ways to hold it long-term, right? So you can wholesale properties, you know, and that means doing those quick turns, right? You can rehab properties, meaning you go in, fix it up and resell it. And you can make good money doing that over and over and over again. But I firmly believe that you build wealth by holding property long-term. You can make money in real estate with quick turns, but you really create wealth, generational wealth, long-term wealth and passive income through holding. And there's lots of different ways to hold, right? Rental properties, um, you know, lease options are, are a way to hold, you know? So on the way to selling some of these properties over two years or five years, a lot of them appreciate, you know? And if you did have to take a property back or if there was a default, or in some cases, if the buyer just said, hey, my life has changed, I'm moving to Scandinavia and <laughs> I, realize I, I realize I'm losing my 20K deposit or whatever it is and I'm leaving and you get that property back many times, it's worth way more than when you even started that deal if you're buying right and the market's going up, right? So holding property, great things happen when you hold for long enough. And some of the properties we hold now, I've held for you know, some of them 15 years. You know? And so it's not uncommon for me to look at my portfolio and see, wow, that property has quadruple in value since I bought it. You know, I bought it cheap for $40,000 in 2009 or whatever in Tampa, and that thing is worth $200,000 now. You know. Um, that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't held, right? If I had flipped that property, then bought it again five years later and then flipped it again, I would have made money both times, right? 
but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gained what I gained over the last decade holding that property. So I'm big on buy and hold. I think that's the way you really build wealth. And I like lease options because it's kind of gives you the, the benefits of cash flow like a rental, uh, but also some of the benefits of that appreciation uh, without the, you know, without the headaches of some of the tenant stuff, you know? So, um, so I love it. Is that a model that you use a lot or you're doing more now? Ever wanted to play the drums or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught Tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833 632 0585 for your free online drum lesson. I'm looking to do more now because, you know, when we were just looking at the math on it, I hadn't really thought about the, I've done it like commercial. I've done raps, I've bought them on raps, I've sold them like that way. But on the, on the residential side, we got into a couple of sub twos and I was like, I want to hold it 10 years and then either refinance it or sell it off. And then when we started to look at, well, you can almost get the same down payment that you would have made if you flipped it. Yeah. And you can get more cash flow than if you rented it. And you can tack on a higher purchase price because you're doing creative financing. So like, cause I was, I, I almost thought of it like you're giving away your equity because if the property is going to appreciate a hundred grand and then we just kind of reverse did the numbers of, okay, if it appreciates at this over this amount of time, what would we really make? And then I realized instead of waiting 10 years to have that retirement plan, selling them on a seller finance or lease option, did the same thing, but did it in five years instead of 10 years. And now I'm like, Oh, like how did I not? And that, that's kind of what I like about real estate is options in math take the emotion out of it. And I'm big on just facts. So emotionally, I felt like I need to hold it 10 years to get it. But financially, when you run the numbers, it's like, no, there's this whole yeah, other yeah. thing out there. That's where I'm going to go. So I'm excited about it. I love it, man. I love it. And that, and that is, you pointed to the thing I love about real estate is that there are so many things you could do with every single piece of property, you know, and, and I, you know, I have friends that won't touch single family homes. They only love multifamily and, and, or they only love land or whatever it is. And I've touched a lot of different types of real estate. I've always loved single family homes. That's where I cut my teeth. That's where I learned business in general was, was in, you know, small working class single family homes and turning those and rehabbing those and wholesaling those and renting those and holding those. Like that's my world. You can do so much with one property. You know, you can, you can Airbnb in that, you know, now there's new things, right? You can Airbnb <laughs> it, you can rent it, you can short-term rent it, you can lease option it, right? You can owner finance it, lease option slash owner finance it. You can just rehab it and sell it. You know, you can let it sit vacant. You can live in it yourself. I mean, there's like so many things you could do. Uh, and, there, and that doesn't even account for all the different structures you could put behind it or the different ways you could creatively finance it or structure payouts on it or something like that. So, you know, real estate is options. Real estate is options. And to me, options equal freedom. Because if you got options and this is a great, this is a great option and this is a great option and this is a great option, then we just vet what's the best and we spend our time figuring out what are the best out of the great options, you know? 
we find ourselves in trouble when, we, when we've got no options, you know, when there, when there are no options. And I have rarely found myself in a real estate position where I've got no options. There's usually some option. Sometimes it's not always the best option, but there's usually, there's usually a couple different things I could do. There's usually a way out. There's usually, you know, in most, in most cases, it's usually a nice payday at the end of one of those choices, right? And real estate, you know, presents that opportunity. There's no wrong way to do it. That's legal, right? There's no wrong way to do it as long as it's, you know, has integrity and, uh, and you can take it any direction you want to. You could be a realtor, you could be an investor, you could be a funder, you could be specialized in mobile homes, you could specialize in land. I mean, it just, you could just keep, go on and on. It's a million businesses in one. So when people ask, should I get going in real estate? I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you like? To do? <laughs> what are you good at? You know, like that's a million questions. It's kind of like, should I, you know, should I, should I play sports? It's like, I don't know which sports, which ones do you like? You know, I, I, you know, it's like a very general question, you know? So you have to really think about what are you good at? Which direction do you want to go? And it's not for everybody, but it is an amazing vehicle for people like you and me that have an entrepreneurial spirit and, and that want to uh, kind of control our income and control how we do it and create our own path. Real estate is a great, great vehicle for that. So I tell people, I agree. You know, Real estate's not the thing. Real estate is the thing that gets you to the thing. It's a vehicle, right? So whatever it is that you want, you can use real estate as that cash vehicle or that kind of that fulfillment vehicle for those things you want to accomplish. And, and that's what it's been in, in my life. I mean, it's definitely been a blessing. Love real estate. You know, you, you've touched over and over on collaboration and we talk about entrepreneurship. And I think that that really sums it up that people that listen to this and they go, well, yeah, that's what I want to do is I want to talk to people all day. I want to travel around. I want to make relationships but you had the discipline to pull the trigger on things and implement the stuff you were learning. And you had the discipline to be responsible by all those flips you were doing, repositioning some of that money into free and clear properties, holding them for a rainy day. And now that allows you to do the things you want. So like you said, it's the thing that got you to the thing that you love. And I've always loved that about real estate is, is even if you bought it the wrong way, 10, 15 years ago, over time, it corrected itself and it will pay you out today. And it allows you to chase the things you love, which based on what I see on your social media, it looks like hanging out with your family and collaborating with people to make win-win situations is your calling in life. I've enjoyed watching. I've enjoyed talking to you. I really appreciate you sharing your experience and knowledge. Is there any final thoughts before I let you go today? Man, Nick, I appreciate it, man. This has been awesome. And would love to come back again and, and hang with you more, man. Um, you know, one, one final thought, and it's something I say all the time. It's something I've posted a million times. I think I'm going to put it on t-shirts. I'm probably not the first person to say it. I'm certainly not the first person to express the sentiment. But it's the one key that I found to success overall in business and life. Invest in people, not things. Invest in people, not things. If you put relationships first, if you build relationship equity, like we talked about in this, if you shift away from tactics and methods and focus more on people and how to communicate and communicating your message and creating win-wins, you will win, they will win, and your business and your life will be more fulfilling because of those relationships. Invest in people, not things. Wise words, my friend. I really appreciate your welcome back anytime. This has been a pleasure for me. You obviously bring your A-game to everything you do, so you fit right in. Have a great day. Thank you, man. Thank you.